You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. This week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR. It's the 18th of December 2023. We're proud to acknowledge the Yurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the previous hour of Current Affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio... We're a show about bicycles, uh, cycling, alternative transport, micro-mobility, getting around without a combustion engine. And on today's show, oh, I thought we'd uh, go straight into uh, a summer special. And uh, what do you mean by that? Well, usually over the uh, break, you know, the festive Christmas break, everyone has a little bit of a break. And anyway, what I've done is... About two weeks ago, there was a fantastic forum held up at Preston Library by Darabin Loves Bikes. And this was called Darabin Loves E-Bikes. And I recorded the audio of the panel and the Q&A and uh, people asking questions about e-bikes. And I've packaged these together as programs over the summer break. And I thought today, you know, the one week out for Christmas, I thought uh, I'd start this early. So get ready for uh, probably at least another two, three programs on the forum of Derebin Loves e-bikes. Now, uh, the intro you're just about to hear is Councillor Suzanne Rennie gives a welcome to country and gives an introduction to the forum. It was a great forum actually because what happened is when you registered for it, you know, it's a fr- it was a free forum, you got to put in your questions beforehand. So the panel then was, you know, it could uh, answer answer questions in quite a, an amount of detail. So on today's show we're going to talk about conversions uh, to bikes, uh, e-bikes and Oh, getting into batteries and costs and, yeah, a whole bunch of very, very information-rich stuff to do with e-bikes. So, yeah, if you've ever been interested in either converting or just finding about more, well, listen in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a hot summer. Yay for summer. Summer brings swimming. Summer brings picnics in the park. And summer brings the 3CR Summer Wine Fundraiser. So find a shady spot, grab your picnic blanket and gather your mates to get your order in. We're selling delicious wine, generously provided by a Victorian wine producer, just in time for your summer gathering. This is a new provider to us and we know you'll love the wine. Wines can be purchased in a single bottle, a gift pack of three, or get a discount and order in a half dozen or one dozen lot. 
For an extra $10, we can deliver to anyone within a 15k radius of the station. It's easy to support 3CR this summer. Order online at 3cr.org.au slash shop or call the station on 03 Thank you so much, Heidi, and thank you everyone for coming. It's fantastic that you're interested. I love my e-bike. But we are holding this forum today on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay our respect to their elders past and present and recognise the continuing connection to land, water and culture. And I believe that getting on e-bikes is one way that we can look after country. And I know how important that is um, to everyone here and to First Nations community, particularly in this land. My name is Heidi Marford, I'm the Travel Choices Officer for the Arabian Council and about six months ago when we started planning this event, actually Sam Black from Darabin Libraries, who you'll see later, came to us and said, oh the libraries would love to do an e-bike info session and we got all excited and started planning this and at the time Katie Daly was part of our climate emergency team here at Darabin and she offered to be the MC, which I was very grateful for. And she's since left to work at the City of Yarra where she's the Energy, <laughs> energy Innovation Lead. We're honoured to have her here today, um, still honouring her, her uh, promise to be the MC. And she's also, in addition to her role at Yarra, she's also the moderator of my Efficient Electric Home Facebook page too. So I will now pass over to MC Katie D. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Everybody here out there, all good? Yeah. We've got that additional seating available now for the overflow crowd that we've got. So welcome to everybody. We are going to have a panel discussion. I'll be introducing the panelists in just a second. We have about an hour for questions that a lot of you submitted prior questions. We'll be able to ask those questions and then open it up to everybody to be able to ask follow-up questions or other things that pop in your mind. And then that will be followed by uh, some tea and, and Tim Tams and other types of things and a show and shine outside where you can informally ask more questions of the panelists and the people who have their e-bikes here and yeah, find out more. So very excited to be here today. I'm really glad the weather was good enough for us to be in the courtyard, which you usually don't get to see the courtyard of the library in action. So I'm going to start out by introducing the panelists. First person is Jack here, Jack Comte. He's with Workshop 21C, 99 Bikes in Preston. You are, I'm going to read it out if that's okay, a full-time bike mechanic who works and lives in Preston. He's worked on bikes in the volunteer space and in professional workshops for five years and holds 
who knew this existed, international qualifications to service and repair both, and this is his word, analog bikes and electrical bikes. He lives and breathes bikes, and when he isn't out riding, he loves getting people rolling on their beloved rigs. He has worked on most brands of e-bikes and has experience in diagnostic and repair of both basic and complex systems. So great guy to have on our panel. Welcome, Jack. Um, what is the thing that you really like? I'm, I'm sure you're an avid just analog bike rider. What do you love about e-bikes? I also have an e-bike, but I love that they they kind of open up, yeah, different avenues of cycling, different ways of using a bicycle, whether it be cargo or e-mountain bike, and just keeping people on bikes when otherwise the fitness element might be a barrier. So it's kind of removing a lot of barriers for people, which I think is great. Yeah, great. And can everybody hear without the mic there? So, yeah, great. Good to hear. So, sitting next to Jack is Mike McAvoy, uh, Reservoir Local with two primary age stepchildren sitting right here. <laughs> Worked on social change programs in the sustainability, disability, and gender equity spaces and is currently board member of Climate for Change. Uh, Mike, so you have kids. What was your first e-bike experience? Before I had kids. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I had work that let me have an e-bike for a little while and um, I thought it was cheating but it turned out to be a very handy way to ride my bike every day. That's great and uh, I heard a lot of the I heard think it's cheating comments uh, from the audience here beforehand so I think maybe we can dispel that from out of everybody's <coughs> mind about cheating and what it actually enables you to do and how it really helps with the climate crisis so let's get that out of everybody's mind right away. Sitting next to Mike is Tice Vanderhaden, is that right? That's good enough. Tice grew up on a bike in the Netherlands for daily transport and road racing at national level. It was only when he moved to Melbourne in early 2011 through that he discovered what bikes really mean to him, the freedom of getting around and being in control of your journey. That realization motivated him and to enjoy the freedom and control and successfully lobbying the ATO Tice founded Spark, offering tax-beneficial e-bike salary packaging to commuters around Australia. How's that? Um, Tice has a PhD in financial economics and was senior lecturer at the University of Melbourne for more than nine years prior to Spark. Welcome, Tice. You obviously have a lot of experience with bikes. What is your favorite e-bike? I actually brought it today. So it's a recent little load, which is a front-loading cargo bike, so it's got a box in the front and that's been my daily bike for the past three years. So easy to not have to worry about how you're going to carry anything that you're going to shop for or whatever. You just chuck it in the front box and away you go. Even a second bike which I brought today. <laughs> bike on bike, that's great. <laughs> and then sitting next to Tice is Nell Sedano. Uh, Nell's an experienced e-bike rider, e-bike mechanic and bike skills trainer. In addition to being e-bike and biking riding expert, Nell is a Derriman resident and community bus driver. Nell started riding an e-bike at a come and try day in her 50s, just like yesterday, yeah. right? And decided you're never too old to have a happy childhood. She's never looked back and has become self-confessed bicycle tragic. Uh, these days, Nell spends most of her working hours finding, making, building, fixing, dismantling, converting, accessorizing, and generally messing around with bikes and loves teaching and encouraging others to join in. And now I know that you like e-bike conversion, so can you tell us that, a little bit of that story? One aspect that people don't often think of, but it's very accessible, it's very affordable, 
and it's a lot of fun if you're at all DIY or tinkering minded, uh, any kind of um, have a go yourself type nerd. It's if you can load a dishwasher, you can convert your own bike, which <laughs> presumably fits you well and you're happy with. So my kids aren't going to be able to. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe if they can pack their school bag. No. Yeah, I'll think of something. I'll think of something. Thank you. Tie the shoelaces. <laughs> Somehow they can win a lot of battles on Fortnite, but uh, a dishwasher seems okay. to, you know, no, it's, it's really not a complicated uh, process, so if anyone's interested, I'd be happy to um, speak with you and answer questions. Yeah, about great. That aspect of well, we'll get to some questions here and maybe, yeah, we'll hear more about conversions. We will be recording the panel discussion. Uh, Chris Starr here from 3CR is going to be recording for us and it's going to be on a podcast later, is that right? So I'm very excited about that. And we are going to take a photo at the end and we'll do the logistics of that a little bit later. So welcome everybody and let's just get right to it. This summer, wildlife are feeling the heat of climate change. Wildlife become stressed and unwell in hot weather and every summer, Wildlife Victoria receives tens of thousands of calls for wildlife assistance. You can make a positive difference to the future of wildlife by donating to Wildlife Victoria. Your donation will help us rescue and care for heat affected native animals. The future of wildlife is in your hands. Donate to Wildlife Victoria at wildlifevictoria.org.au Wildlife Victoria is a 3CR supporter. We had everybody fill out a, a questionnaire prior to today's session, and here are just some of the statistics. Yeah, sorry, you have to crane your neck there, panelists, but looked at uh, what the audience was, and the vast majority have never ridden an e-bike, some have leased an e-bike, uh, some have test ridden an e-bike, and a smaller percentage of you have owned an e-bike. So that's who is in the audience right now, so a lot of potential there in the red and yellow. Okay, your goals for registering. Uh, if you can see there, most people have multi-goals, which I think is exactly right. There's a lot of different reasons why people want to get into an e-bike. People want recreational riding, um, more commuting, and then looking at, at local shops. And you know, for me, uh, I don't have one yet either, but I would love to see if I could even displace more any of my car use. That would be one of the biggest reasons why I'd like to look at an e-bike. So I think that's it, right? Oh yeah, and what you'd like most to find out. So this is kind of the crux of what we're gonna be talking about today. So we had some questions. People are really interested in the different types of e-bikes, the cost of e-bikes, yeah. battery range and life, and other battery questions is obviously a big one. Uh, about charging, and then not as much, but you know, interested in shopping and kids and kind of the logistics around that and commuting options. So a wide range of things, and I'm sure there's a lot of other questions out here, and we'll be able to get to them in the, the questions. So I'm going to start out with some of the questions that people uh, asked beforehand. Well, a lot of overlap in the questions we received, so we um, combine them into to single questions. And Heidi is here as well. Um, she will chime in if you have more to say about especially regulations and other things that might be of interest to us. I guess I'll start out. Somebody asked, I heard there are two types of e-bike, pedal assist and those that use a throttle. Can you explain the difference? Maybe Tyson will start with you on that one. Yeah, the, the 
difference between pedal assist and those with a throttle really is that pedal assist is what is legal in Victoria. Throttle assist on e-bikes in Victoria is only legal as a walk assist. So they go up to about five or six K an hour on the throttle, but they're not allowed to go any faster than that legally. The pedal assist ones, you have to pedal for the motor to kick in and give you that assistance. Um, and that's the main difference between yeah. them, yeah. Does anybody else have anything to add? There is, there is one exception to that. The, at the moment, the current legal power for an e-bike is 250 watts. Mm. So any commercially sold e-bike will be limited to that. In the earlier days, the, most bikes were 200 watts, and those bikes with 200 watt motors were legally allowed to have a throttle as a propulsion measure. But sorry, go ahead. That regulation is still in place, so you could yeah. still buy bikes that are still being sold, but because the pedal assist with the 250 watt motors have been much more popular and is much more of a global standard, so there's a much bigger market outside of Australia where the same bikes are being sold. Those bikes have been taking over the market here. Yeah. Anyone who does have an e-bike, just see if you can determine through the paperwork, whatever, what size your motor is, because if it is a 200 watt, it's perfectly legal to throttle around like a little electric <laughs> motorbike. Yeah, great. Well, there are a lot of bikes out there. Can anybody give me an indication of the price range and the, the kind of price considerations? <laughs> you sell them, Jeff. I think entry level for the ones that we sell is probably around the $1,900 to $1,000 mark for a new entry level one, but they can jump quite quickly in price depending on yeah, the motor and the components and all of that sort of stuff. Can go up to sort of, I think, sort of three, four for like commuter ones um, and a lot higher if yeah you want yeah. something, yeah. Like the cargo bikes. Are yeah, the cargo ones? bikes yeah. especially. So, so do children. Well now do you want to talk about conversions then and what well, the price range is there? That's interesting because um, I guess in the very short, well, relatively short time I've been involved and worked in an e-bike shop that did conversions, I would say the cheapest commercially available bike shop e-bike would have been around $1,500, $1,700. Mm. So the fact that they're becoming cheaper reflects that battery cost, which is the main cost component of the system, they are in fact finally coming down. It was promised but and a bit of a delay because of COVID and various supply chain issues. But now they are, those prices are coming down a bit. Typically the way you do conversion is um, look for a supplier or retailer that sells a kit, generally if it's not at a, a shop front, something like that, it will be mailed to you with instructions. The start costs are around about, I think they're around about 1000 to 1100 So there's not a great cost saving necessarily, but you will have a little bit more choice of the components, the battery size, whether you have a display with it and other sort of add-ons, I guess. How is the used market looking at this stage? I mean, I know it's like like it's like electric cars as well. I mean, I think it was yeah. a little bit uh, late for the market to come on board, but hopefully, with battery prices down and more new ones coming in, there's a bigger used market. Is that right? Yeah, indeed. There's. I'm always limited by budget, so I keep quite a close eye on on the secondhand market. 
And it's really a market of extremes. There's absolute junk that you really need to know what you're doing, you need to have done your research and be pretty au fait with DC electrics to know whether you're buying, unless you're just buying for parts or scrap or something like that. And then there's the, the other real bargain thing where it seems to be a lot of people think, yep, yeah, I'll just get an e-bike, uh, they go out, they make a big purchase, or there's a lot of people buy them for their partners because they want to ride with them, I want them to ride together and the partners just go, no, no, not having any of that. And generally it can either sit around for a while or it's just immediately resold. So there are very lightly used, good quality e-bikes out there and people just want to get rid of them. It's how do you shop for them? How do you know the difference? So it's a bit of a di difficult market to break into, but if you have a friendly bike shop that might be able to check it out for you or you're willing to take a risk because the price is just so good, it, it's definitely an option. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM, on digital and online, 3CR Radical Radio. Yes, you are indeed listening to 3CR Radical Radio, and you're listening to audio recording of Derebin Loves E-Bikes, recorded on the 3rd of December 2023 at Preston Library, and we're just going to go into the last part of today's audio, and this is to do with, I think, price points of uh, bikes. Kate, can I just uh, jump in here and ask a question about leasing and renting options? I think Tice is... Oh, Mike, you've had experience with that and also Tice can talk about it from a supplier point of view. Yeah, well, we lease ours. We were in a position where we didn't want to outlay a lot of money for a cargo bike without knowing that we were going to use it to start with. So we just started leasing for like $55 a week and which is, I don't know, is it a lot? I don't know. Oh, it sounds it's it's a pretty reasonable, when you compare it to public transport costs or or even the, you know, the cost of petrol and so forth, it was better than getting a second car. And yeah, so we, we did that thinking that we would do that to try the bike and then maybe we would outlay but we've just continued to lease it because it sort of works out better on a week-to-week -week basis, our budget. And you have the opportunity to buy the bike outright at any time. We just haven't got there yet. Well, that's a, that's a good question I was going to follow up with is how do e-bikes step with a car as a, to a car alternative? And it sounds like they stack up really well. If you compare it to the registration, like if, you, if you're talking about a second car or even the first car, registration costs, petrol costs. We just spent $7,000 repairing our car, which is bloody ridiculous. And, you know, it, that that really hits you, <laughs> those kinds of costs. So yeah, without a doubt, the bike is a very cheap alternative. And that, that's a good question about, did you have something more? I think that the, what we see a lot is that for when you start to think about how you're actually using your second car in particular, because you know, ditching your first car, 
it's great, but you have to be quite dedicated and quite motivated to do that. So that's not maybe it'll offset getting a first car. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, sure, but that's but you know the starting point for most people is they've already got one, then yeah. maybe they've got a second one or they're considering a second one. But if you start to think about how that second car is getting used, quite often the vast majority of trips in that are going to be really short, and it's all going to be local. Like it's going to be schools, it's going to be shopping, it's going to be sports drop-offs. And that's where it can really make a difference um, to have an e-bike because you don't have that sort of fixed outlay that you've got to keep your car just sitting there for a year. Exactly. Um, so Mike mentioned that $7,000 on his car. How about e-bikes? What are the maintenance costs of an e-bike? Jack, do you know the answer to that? <laughs> As a mechanic, I probably should. E-bikes, like other bikes, they require almost yearly servicing, if not more, depending on how much you use it. Because, unlike a car, a lot of the working components are on the outside of the bike, they're impacted by weather and all that sort of thing. Generally, for a bike that's getting used daily, maybe like as a commuter or something like that, that's getting 20Ks a day, so 100Ks a week, six monthly servicing would be ideal for that, but 12 months kind of necessary. Probably looking at around 250, 300 for the service, depending on what components need replacing and how well the bike's looked after. A lot of those maintenance costs can be offset just by general bike maintenance that you can do at home. A lot of places will offer like training or like little courses on how to do that sort of stuff, general cleaning, lubricating the chain, that sort of stuff. Keeps all those components running smoother for longer and meaning less replacement and that sort of thing. I, I would mention too that there's actually off, off that uh, maintenance, it's what you would do for any bicycles. Mm. Not a, there's no real additional maintenance for the electrical system. Batteries don't need maintenance. The motors are pretty self-contained. You don't need to open up any of those components. And it's with any bike, if you can keep it out of the weather, that's like 70% of your maintenance done right there. So what's being maintained are the consumable parts, brake pads, cables that stretch, tires, things that just wear out. The electrical components, by and large, do not wear out. The, the battery life cycles are incredible these days. You could expect decent performance from your e-bike battery for five years with recreational and um, local use. Yeah, if you're commuting and doing a lot of battery charges, perhaps a bit later, but they're very, very long-lived um, systems, the e-bikes, the electrical systems in bikes. So it doesn't, doesn't cost more to have an e-bike from a maintenance point of view. Perhaps well, with the proviso that some setups are slightly harder on the components, so chains might wear out a little bit quicker, tires might wear out a little bit quicker. And because you're using it more, as much as anything, um, it's not sitting in the shed, you know, waiting for that longer trips as well. Yeah. So, Jack, yeah. Yeah, the only other thing I was going to say is that so Shimano, Bosch, Marley, some of the bigger bike brands will have what's called a smart e-bike system. Those are the only, only electrical components that need maintenance, but it's like your phone. It's an, it's an update that you download that used to be really gate kept by the bike industry and you had to bring it into a supplier or a bike shop for that update to go through. A lot of those bigger companies now are letting you do that through the app and will get you into the bike shop for a bigger update.
and thank you for listening to uh, audio recording of Durban Loves E-Bikes. And in the subsequent programs, uh, there will be more topics covered in the next couple of Mondays. What about uh, lots about carting kids, pets and shopping? What about the different types of cargo bikes? Lots of uh, questions about batteries and rundown on different styles of folding bikes, mountain bikes, road bikes, you know, road bikes now, how you can prevent theft. Is it cheating? Well, I lose fitness if I'm currently using a manual bike. And um, e-bikes and general bike law questions that will be covered. Let's make history. Motorcade for Palestine. We will be back bigger and louder at 12pm on the 23rd of December. Meet opposite Faulkner Cemetery. Our calls will echo through the streets to show that Burnt City stands and drives for Free Palestine. Join the Sit Intifada, Free Palestine Melbourne, Black People's Union, Renegade Solidarity Audio Force at 12pm on the 23rd of December. Follow Renegade Solidarity Audio Force on Instagram for more information. Motorcade for Palestine, a 3CR supporter. You can try to avoid us, but it's pointless. You can never avoid the voices of the voiceless. And I just wanted to back announce that announcement for Motorcade for Palestine, that there will be a bike block. Uh, happening for that and I will put more details into our Instagram story and or feed so thank you for listening today there'll be more programs to do with the Darabin Loves e-bikes forum in the next couple of weeks you can listen in to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on uh, on demand and our podcasts that uh, get populated into the iTunes ecosystem don't forget to support 3CR Radical Radio. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash Yarra Bug. Look at uh, our subscription. Oh, I've got that all mangled up, but I'll start that again. So you can go there to uh, check out our programs. But uh, go to the 3CR website to find out more about subscribe, donate, and or any fundraiser options. Especially at the moment, we've got the summer wine. It's actually happening. So if you want to get some good quality uh, locally produced wine for your Chrissy presents. Uh, contact the station. Okay, that's all I've got time for. Up next is Shebop, followed by Black Block. Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.